0: We have, you have a handout that was given to you, it's it's titled, Ten Commitments, not Commandments, but Commitments that will help keep your children in church. We're going to look at that, and then we're going to finish the slide and the presentation we talked about this morning. Don't like much being through with that, but I'd like to go over this with you, rather than just give it to you, I'd like to go over it with you, and... uh, uh, Anybody not have one of these that wants one? Okay. Uh, for uh, 14 or 15 years, Terry Newell and and his wife and Margaret and I went to Red River, New Mexico every June and we did a family enrichment program there. And one year uh, on the way up there, I handed her a notebook or yellow tablet and I said, I want you to write this down. And this is what, came of that, and she she jotted these things down as we drove, and uh, I want to share them with you today. It's things that I haven't lived up to as fully as I'd like to. There are things here that's been missing some in my life, but there's a lot of things here that I tried to really focus on, and uh, I'd like to share them with you. Ten commitments that will help keep your child in church or your children in church, and before I read this and go over with you. I read, a, I read an interesting statement not long ago about the importance of the father-child relationship. How important it was for the child to have a good and proper relationship with his son or with his daughter. And according to the study that this guy made, or according to this writer, and you can write anything, I suppose, read anything, so I don't know how accurate it is, but he said 80 to 90 percent of children that grow up in a church leave the faith of their parents if they do not have a good uh, relationship with the father of their home, with their father. That was kind of telling to me, and I thought it was very important. I don't know if that's accurate 100%, but I do think it's important that we give attention to what we do as we parent our children so that whenever they're on their own, they will maintain the faith and they will embrace the faith because that's what we're all about, the salvation of our souls. This morning when we began, I talked about what's the most important thing that uh, we could do for our children. A lot of times we, we focus on college degrees. We focus on sending them to schools and letting other people focus on their education and so on. And there's nothing wrong with that. I sent my girls to college and, and uh, sent them to work they had to work their way through. But, but uh, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. But the primary responsibility is laid on us as parents and especially as fathers, but as parents, to guide them and do and and setting forth those things that will help them maintain the faith, help them continue to believe uh, the very principles that we hold dear to us. Let's go over these. Number one, I will help my child develop genuine faith by speaking of God and to God in the presence of my child. Now, by that I'm implying prayer in this. Our children need to hear us talk to God. They need to hear us pray to God. It's very important, I think, that our children hear that. The more they hear that, the more it's it's going to influence them because of the faith that we have. If they can see us humble ourselves before God. Uh, And the more humble we can be in the presence of our children as they grow up, even if it means getting down on the knee and bowing before God and praying, I think it will have an impact on our children. You may hear of somebody in your community or in your congregation or in the family that may need prayer or suffering with a difficulty. Can you think of anything better than to gather your family together and say, let's have a prayer for sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so or the family that we heard about today, you know, and, and have a prayer with them. Sometimes mothers will take, get their, I always say daughters, uh, get their children together sometime and take food. Uh, my wife was pretty good about doing that when our kids were home. To take food to people that needed it. Uh, Thanksgiving, she always made pies and cooked food, but she always did it for somebody else and took it to them. And uh, our daughters saw that, and I think it had an impact on their lives, a uh, strong impact on their lives. The son did as well. But, but that's, that's what I'm saying. Let, them, let people see that close relationship we have to God. Speak to God often in the presence of our children. Let them know that we're not ashamed to talk to God in front of them. Or someone else. Number two, I will help my child to develop the courage to openly and honestly profess his faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, that's something that's hard sometimes for children to do. But I don't know, there's, there's been some things that's happened in my life that's had meaning to me. I remember we moved one time to a different location and, and I ate my lunch off by myself. And the reason I ate my lunch off by myself was because I was shy... And I didn't, didn't have any friends, didn't know anybody. And there was a fella came over under the cedar tree where I was eating my lunch. For all of you that don't know, that's when we carried our lunch in a paper sack, you know. Didn't have cafeterias. And uh, said, can I eat my lunch with you? And he sat down and he said, I always like to be around Christian people. And he said, I, I can tell you're a Christian boy. I don't know how he could tell that uh, when I think about some of my behavior sometimes. But, but you know, that meant a lot to me. And uh, it's important that we uh, teach our children to have courage to stand up for their faith. Especially in teenage years, sometimes they're a little timid about that. But the more we can do that, the more we can stand up for our faith in the presence of other people, and they see that, the more meaningful that that will be to them. Number three, I'll help my child to see the advantages in this life, as well as the one to come of Christian living and consistent church attendance. Um, sometimes we might need to share a passage to forsake not the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is, but exhort one another so much more as you see the day approaching. That statement, and, and put that statement in the context it's made, and in the passages before it and after, it, and if you look at that, it's talking about developing your strength, your spiritual strength, and helping others develop their spiritual strength, but help them see the advantages. You know, so many people think, hey, I'm a Christian, and, and I can go through this life, and and uh, I'm a pretty good person. Uh, I never feel like it's important to darken a church house door or to come to church assemblies and treat them very lightly. But I think it's good that we help them understand how important a church assembly is, how important this is, how meaningful this is, how meaningful it is to praise God in song. And not only because of our eternal salvation, but because of of, of what it does for us in this life, how it just makes us better. Look at the families that live... Christian lives and maintain Christian principles, and, and uh, then look at some that don't, that do not embrace that. Notice the difference between the two. Number four, I will encourage my child to be involved in church and/or spiritual activities by my personal commitment, rather than dodging those things, just getting by with as little as I can do. I'm going to get involved. I'm going to make a personal commitment. Uh, it wasn't until later years that I, I started doing that with my son. And uh, like I said, uh, my wife kind of helped the girls along in that way, but uh, I had to kind of embrace that. And, and we did some things. I'll not say some of the things that we did, but we did some things that uh, uh, that I felt was important, and I think it was meaningful to him. He's 44 years, 43, something like that now. I don't know how he's getting so old. I can't keep up with him. And I watch him now, and I watch him do some of the things that... that uh, I tried to instill, I didn't think they took. I'll be honest with you, there's times I didn't think they took, but now I see him exercising some of those principles, so it was a meaningful thing. And it all comes about by our personal commitment, again, the fathers uh, primarily, but mothers too. Uh, Number five, I will speak only positive and good things about the church and its members in front of my children. Uh, Jerry McCorkle told me this early on when I got involved in church work, evangelistic work, and I studied with Jerry or studied under him, traveled with Brother Jerry McCorkle, and that's one of the first things he told me. We would run into problems. We would go someplace and and, uh, be involved in church work, and there'd be church difficulties, problems. And he'd say, but you need to remember, when you go home, don't communicate this to your family, especially to your children. They don't need to hear that. They don't want to, you. Don't want them growing up hearing that there's problems in the church. There's problems here and there's problems there, and uh, but that's that's important for us. If you come to church and you don't like the sermon, don't talk about it on the way home. You know, just uh, for something good to say, say it. But for something bad to say, just don't. You know, that's good, common, uh, personal relationship principles. If you stop and think about it, and certainly would be true in re- regards to the church. Sometimes our children hear things come out of our mouth that will cause him to view the church in a negative way is the idea here. Number six, I will, uh, I will make going to church fun, interesting for my child as he's growing up by always embracing a joyful, enthusiastic attitude about my involvement. Oh my, it's Sunday. How long, who's speaking today and how long are they going to speak, you know? Uh, not communicating to our children that we'd rather be doing something else but rather that, hey, this is the Lord's day, and we have an opportunity today to worship God by our attitude, by our demeanor, by our disposition will mean an awful lot. Number seven, I will help my child to see the importance of Christian fellowship by my association and involvement with other Christian families. Nothing like Christian fellowship and association. The passage that I referred to in Hebrews chapter 10 talks about that. In the verses prior to the one I quoted, it talks about how we should consider one another and be an encouragement to one another. We need to have that fellowship, that interaction with other people. We Read about the church when it first began. And it grew by thousands. We read about 3,000 on the first day. And then multitudes coming into the church, 5,000 on one occasion. And notice in, in uh, Acts chapter 2, when it speaks of the early church, they continued steadfastly in fellowship and in prayers and, and <coughs> excuse me, in breaking the bread. They continued steadfastly in apostles' doctrine and fellowship, breaking the bread and prayers. And then you continue on reading the rest of that chapter, and you notice how they had all things common. I'm not suggesting that we all sell everything we've got and divide it equally among everybody. That's not, not commanded. It's not what we're to do but they did have things common about the faith. They did associate with one another. They had interaction with one another. And we need to have that interaction. <coughs> Every time I've come to Denton, <coughs> you people are either getting ready or have just done some kind of fellowship function. I think it's a good thing. Go to, some, go to people's house, homes. And that's harder to do now than it used to be because we're so spread out and all. But the more interaction we can have with other Christian families... And our children be a part of that the more meaningful it will be. I can, I could, if I put my mind to it, I, I, I just have things pop in my mind. I can think about families that I have seen in, in congregations where I've gone and hold meetings where every time there was, there was a social interaction of families after church service or something like that, ice cream or go over to so-and-so's house or whatever, <coughs> a particular family would just go home. Take your children and go home and not interact in that. And uh, some of those that I'm thinking of right now are not even in the church now. The kids are not in the church. And they wonder why they're not in the church. Well, they made their friends out in the world. They made their friends somewhere else. They didn't make them with, with the church. And I know we have, we have situations at times where congregations are small. We don't have a lot of young people that they can have interaction with. But I don't know if there's anything any better than young people having interaction with older people. Makes me feel good to be around young people, and uh, I think it's uh, I think that's important. <coughs> Where was that? Number seven, number eight. I will do all I can to help my child discover and utilize his God-given talent for using God's kingdom. And all our children, male or female, need to understand, talented or untalented, or you know whatever adjective you want to place there, need to understand that they're valuable in God's kingdom. There's a place for them. There's a service for them to render. Understand what their talent is. Find out what their talent is. Help them develop the talent or know what it is. It might be nothing more than calling sister so-and-so that's 93 years old and asking her about her day. But you know that's a very, very valuable service, and not everybody can do that. But you know, that a lot of people need to do that. Those are important things. There's all kinds of things that we can render. We think of service sometimes. We think of preaching, or song leading, or painting the building, and and those are things of service. But there's other types of service in God's kingdom. Matthew chapter 25, where He divides the sheep from the goats. You know, and and those that was pleasing was those that. That fed the hungry, that visited the sick, that gave water to those that was thirsty, and so on, and so on. You understand. Number nine, but we need to help them under, help them realize what their talent is, what their skill, what their ability, what their gift is. And you want to go there. Uh, <clears throat> First, by the way, back on number eight. First Corinthians, what is it? First Corinthians, twelve and Romans twelve. Both those chapters would be very good places to to study with your children and say, where do you fit in this? You know, because there's talents mentioned there. Number nine, I will, I will help my child to develop <clears throat> judgment so that he can discern between good and evil when he is far away from me. Or whenever he's away from me in a near way. <laughs> it doesn't make any difference if he's far away. But when he's away from me, that's the idea. Now think about that for a little bit. You know, it's real easy sometimes as parents when our children grow up, especially when they're small, to be able to control where they are and who they're with, and look over their shoulder, peek in the door, and know exactly everything that's going on. But as they grow older, they're going to be away. They're going to be away from us. And they're going to be with friends. Or they're going to, sometimes they'll be with Christian friends, whatever, but they'll be away from us. And we need, to, we need to work in such a way, develop our children in such a way, that when they are away, they make the kind of decisions that's appropriate for them. My kids haven't always made the right decisions. I know that. but I, 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 We tried We tried this early on. We tried very hard to teach them to make the right decisions. For example, let me just give you a couple. My oldest daughter is 17 years old. And she's probably, she probably was the biggest Bible thumper of our three. You know, she always had the Bible out arguing with somebody at school about something. But, uh, Uh, she's 17 years old. She comes in from school one day and she said, Daddy, they're having a dance at school. I said, really? She's a junior. She said, yeah, they're having a dance. And she says, you tell me I'm not to dance and I won't dance. And I said, darling, you're 17 years old. It's time you made that call, not me. And uh, she got real aggravated at me. And she'll tell you today, even though she's getting closer to 50 she'll tell you today that was still tough for her she'd like for me to have told her no don't do it that would have been the easiest thing and she wouldn't have she wouldn't have for a minute i wouldn't say that of all my children but she wouldn't have but uh but uh she kept on at me she said tell me just tell me no and i won't do it and i said i'm gonna tell you no tracy i said that's your that's gonna be your decision I said, you're 17, next year you're 18 and you're gone and you're going to have to be making decisions for yourself. If we haven't prepared you to make the kind of decision, then you don't want me to dance. I said, I didn't say that. I want you to weigh the evidence. She said, well, where in the Bible does it say it's a sin? I said, well, I don't know that it does. I don't know that it does. And I reasoned with her and talked to her a little bit about what it could lead to and where you dance and some of the things like that. But I said, Tracy, if you go up there and you, have, you dance... You know, it's not going to lessen your your opinion of my opinion of you at all. I still love you. I still know you're a Christian girl. But I want you to make the decision for yourself. And all the time I'm doing this, <laughs> I'm silently praying to God that I'm doing the right thing. I don't know if I was or not. But she went. She danced. She come home. She said, "I'll never do that again." <laughs> I think it was in college she had a class, a dance class. <laughs> so I'm sure she has since then. But, but, uh, uh, but I wanted her to make those decisions. And she'll tell you today that that helped and meant an awful lot to her to be trusted, one thing, and also to learn to make the decisions for herself. She, uh, by the way, this is for girls and boys. She went on a date one time. I probably shouldn't tell all these personal stories. But again, I got the floor. So, uh, she went on a date one time with. Uh, it's a triple date. <clears throat> I had a suburban, and he was a cousin of hers. Had a suburban, and uh, three boys and three girls, and they went and uh, they went up to the movie theater in Chickasha, and it was an R-rated movie. Tracy said, "I'm not going to an R-rated movie." All these kids, but one, were Christians. And that was the cousin who was driving the van. He wasn't. They're all members of the church, all cousins. And she said, I'm not going to our And they, said, they all said, oh, it's not that bad. This is just Richard Pryor standing up and doing something or another. And I don't know anything about Richard Pryor. I don't know anything about what he stood up and did, you know. But uh, evidently, from what Tracy said, Tracy finally agreed. She said, okay, I'll go. But if it gets bad, we're leaving. The other girls said, okay, that's fine. So they got in there, and it started. And... Uh, I sound like I'm putting my daughter on a pedestal, but I could tell you some stories the other way too. But I don't want to do that. Uh, but they they started the movie, and I think about three or four minutes into the movie, he had said so many vulgar words that she's punching the other. Says, "Let's get out of here," and they wouldn't leave because they thought it would be an embarrassment. But she left and went outside. She had 17 cents and a dime and seven pennies. Took 15 cents to make a phone call, and. Uh, I got on to her about an calling home. It was the last time I let her go out without money. I made sure she always had some money. But she didn't. She sat on the hood of the car until they all, the little rest of them came out of the movie. Now, let me tell you what happened. Five, or four of the other five, all came to our house and apologized to us and, and admitted that they should have left too. said, Tracy did the right thing. And that meant an awful lot to us. But those are the kind of things that we're talking about when we talk about helping them get to a point where they make the kind of decisions that we would like to see them make, but they're going to make them. They've got to make them. You know, let me get, read the last and I'll come back to that. Uh, number 10. said, I will, uh, I will help my child to to learn to show the character of Christ and the mind of God by caring about other people and being compassionate towards uh, his fellow man or my fellow man, and especially those that are weak i don 't think that'll do anything uh, but enhance it 'll make them a better person if we can help them have compassionate on other people, not just walk by people that are that are hurting or people that are are sitting on the side of the road but fi- but find but having your heart there 's that compassion that 's necessary to reach out and help to be the kind of person that the good Samaritan was that we read about in the New Testament, that whenever he sees somebody that's in a desperate situation, I'll do what I can to help the individual in that situation. We want them to have that kind of heart. Now, these are things that I think are very important in keeping our children strong in the faith, strong in the faith. And I, you know, there may be other things that you can add to that. Uh, Some of them maybe seem a little silly to you, but as Margaret and I have looked over it, we, we wrote these down, or I did, and and, uh, and then fine-tuned them when we got home, and, and uh, have used them over, over the years. And uh, uh, she and I both have tried very very hard to try to implement these principles with our children. And uh, let me uh where's our clicker? Let's finish what we talked about this morning. And there's, we could, I could spend a lot of time talking about the children and parenting, and I uh, apologize for not doing as good a job today as I'd like to have didn't know that motorcycle would take that much out of I me. Mean, God expects parents to treat, treat children as uh, as individuals. And there's a passage that that I think, I think is very important. Proverbs 22 and 16. I want to talk a little bit about this passage. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. When people refer to my family... They say, how's Margaret and the children? They don't say, how's Margaret and the child? They say, how's Margaret and the, the kids or the children? And children, we think of plural. And I, maybe I'm reading more into this than I should, but I'm taking advantage of the way the passage is worded, Train up a child in the way he should go. Uh, that means, one, we need to do it when they're young, and we need to do it singularly. I have three children. They're in their 40s, and I promise you, not now, not when they were 7, 8, and 9, not whenever they were 14, 15, 16, were they alike. They just were not. Uh, the last person I wanted with me, if I was out in the uh, on the farm doing something, working, fixing the fence, working on a car, working on a tractor, the last person I wanted with me in that family was that daughter I just described to you, Tracy. Tracy, hand me that. Hand me that uh, screwdriver there, that flat screwdriver. She might hand me a crescent wrench. She might hand me a pair of pliers. And I'm not exaggerating to you. She was just about as worthless as a whoop socket on an automobile, as my granddaddy used to say. I love the daylights out of her, but that just wasn't her. My son was always playing ball in his head somewhere, but my middle one, Casey, She's the one that I wanted with me. I mean, she perceived she knew what I needed by watching what I was doing before I did. Why were they that way? Was it because Casey was a better child than David or Tracy? Absolutely not. That wasn't the reason. They were just different. Each one of them had their talents, had their skills, had their abilities, had their strengths, and each one of them had their own weaknesses. And as parents, we need to step back and understand what this one's like. We may have one and raise him or her up, and they go, and then a couple of years later, another one comes along, and we try to embrace the same techniques or the same tactics, maybe, with that person. And it may not work. We may need to adjust some things. We might could have uh, been pretty strict with one and got by with it, whereas with the next one, we might have to cut a little slack, or vice versa. You understand? It takes thinking... To t- how many of us go on the job that we don't look at our job in a creative way? What can I do to make this thing work better? How can I function so that, so that the system's going to be more effective this year maybe than last? Or this month maybe than last month? We do it with our work. Ladies, should do it when you cook. You know, I heard somebody say something about next time. It was you, wasn't it? Next time when I cook such and such, I'm going to add so and so or leave something such out. We learn, we try to make things better. So it is with our children and parenting our children. We need to look at the individual child and see what we can do to help him. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, I like to read a lot of different translations. Sometimes it helps me see things a little differently. And one time I'm looking through a translation at a bookstore. I can't remember what it was. And here's what it said about that passage. Train up a child in his way, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. I read that and thought about it a second. I said, there's something wrong with the way that's worded. So I went back and read it again. And it had train up a child in his way, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And the idea and the thought behind the translation, I guess, was that this was not talking about train up a child in God's ways, necessarily, or possibly. But what it's talking about is train up a child in his particular way, or her particular way. Whatever her, her inclinations towards life, whatever her temperament was, train that child. Find out what that is, and then help them excel in that and develop. Now, if that's what the passage means, fine. I've got biblical uh, grounds. It may not be. It's probably not. I don't know. But I want you to think about how important it is to do that. You have a child that has a has an inclination towards art, for example, drama maybe, wants to be in the school play. Maybe she or he had an older brother or sister, and that older brother or sister just excelled at mathematics, went to college on a mathematics scholarship, and then here this other one's coming along and is struggling to pass math, and doesn't understand algebra, and I can relate to them, and is just fighting to get by with the C But they're excellent at something else. You understand what I'm talking about? Find out what their way is, and then focus on that and train them up. But, let's we'll take it by the, by the most common view, train up a child in God's way, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. Woo-wee! How many people... How many people do you know that that passage is just eat their lunch? I used to go see my grandmother just before she passed away. We just got to the point where she had fallen and broken her hip, and she's in her nineties, sweet lady. And uh, I'd go and and I'd uh, visit her, and and she knew she was getting. She was, you know, she was rational. She knew she wasn't going to be on this earth very much longer, and she'd say. Uh, I don't know if I'm ready to meet the, meet the Lord or not. I said, grandmother, <laughs> grandmother, if you're not, who in the world would be? She's the most godly woman I've ever met Never knew. And I said, What's, why would you think that you would have a problem? And she'd say, well, you know, the Bible says train up a child in the way he should go when he's old in that department. And look what I did with your daddy. I did something to mess him up. My dad was an alcoholic. He spent two terms in state penitentiary, all drinking, alcohol-related problems, difficulties, hot checks, force checks, things like that, getting get booze. See, stole a car one time, drove it 60 miles. That, that'll send you the pen back in the 60s, it would. And so that's the way she looked at it. And you know the story I told her? I said, Grandma, I said, would you think that God was a failure too?" She said, what are you talking about? I said, well, you, you're, you're saying that you failed. I said, what did you do differently with my daddy that you didn't do with his older brother and his youngest, younger sister? Did you not take him to church? She said, no, I took him to church. It's like all of them. I said, did you not read the Bible at home? Did they not see you pray? Did they not see? Yeah, so saw all those things. But I must have done something. I said, what about Adam and Eve? I said, according to your view, God's a failure. And then she'd get real mad at me. She'd shake her old long skinny finger at me. Don't be sacrilege. That's that's blasphemy. Don't you say things like that. And I said, well, grandmother, he created Adam and Eve and put them in the Garden of Eden. And what did he do? The one thing that we treasure so much, he gave them a right to choose, didn't he? And she said, yeah, that's right. And I I told her that story three or four or five times. Every time I'd go see her, and she'd get down on herself. And she said, you're right, you're right. And make her feel better. But see, that's the truth, folks, ladies. That's the truth. We've experienced something like that. Our role as parents is to get our children up where they can make choices and make the proper decisions in life. This is a general statement. Generally speaking, you train up a child in the way he should go when he's old. When he's older. We don't know how old that is. Don't ever give up. You'll not depart from it. But we don't. That's not an absolute That's not an absolute law. It's not an absolute fact like 2 plus 2 is 4. It's not absolute like that. It's a general, generally speaking. Do you see and understand that? That's very important to understand because that can drive you nuts uh, when you have problems in your family. Listen, our job is to get them to... To, to make good choices, but we've got to let them make the choices. And if we take away all of the bad choices, that they then there's no choice. Think about it. There's got to be th- that choice. You turn them loose. That's the hardest thing. When my son looked at me and said, I'm going in the Navy, and I said, no, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you're not. Yes, I am. We're about that far apart. Spitting in each other's face, he's saying, yes, I am. I'm saying, no, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you're not. You know what's going through my mind? Have I got him to the point? I know what kind of decisions he's going to be faced with, what kind of choices, what kind of temptations. I've been there. See? But I had to turn him loose. He was 19. I had to turn him loose. It was time. He has the right, just like Adam had the right, Eve had the right, and you had the right, and, and everyone else has the right to make the choices that directs their life. We just need to prepare them the best we possibly can and then pray a lot. That's why, that's why I raised him. That's why going through those teenage years for parents is really tough. Do I let the string out or do I pull on it harder? Just which way do I go? This is a passage. I don't know if this could be applied to that, but I could. Proverbs thirty and 18, there, it, there be three things which are too wonderful for me. Yea, for, four, yea, four which I know not, the way, notice i got the word way, the way they work, the way they operate, the way of the eagle, the way of the serpent, the way of the, uh, uh, way of the eagle in the air, the way of the serpent on the rock, the way of a ship in the midst of the sea, and the way of a man with a maid. And the same with my children, the same with your children, if you have plurality of children. The way that we operate and function in the environment that we have varies from one God expects parents to bless and bless and be a blessing to their children. Uh, I have a sermon just on blessing, and I'm not going to go through all of that today. But, but when we talk about blessing children, it's really important. It's really important that we have have the kind of things that uh, that connect, if you will, that connect us. Doesn't it? What do we do? when We come in here, we shake hands, don't we? Some of you feel good, yeah. <laughs> Lyndon Johnson, y'all know him, don't you? Some of y'all knew Lyndon Johnson. I love to read his biography. Lyndon Johnson. Uh, they would speak of him about how he would get bills passed through Congress. He was a master at it. How you do it? Talking to somebody, he needed their vote. You see? How you do it? That's and the Kids doing all right? And he just. There's something about that human touch. What is it? Why did God why did God develop the lay on of hands to impart spiritual gifts? Why I don't know. And it feels good to be touched. And it feels good to be hugged. I like it. i like for my kids to hug me. That's a blessing to me. And when we touch and hug our children, it's a blessing to them. Mark fifteen ten and fifteen. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms, little children. Jesus took them up in his arms, put his hands upon them, and he blessed them. And he blessed them. I think it's hard for us to uh, consider. If there's a way, I can tear it up. I will. I think it's hard for us to really be a blessing and to bless children if we don't do that. You go back into the Old Testament, I believe it's in Genesis chapters 27-28, where, uh, uh, where Jacob received the blessing from his father Isaac. There was that touching, that was that speaking to him, and that was speaking of confidence and, and a bright future for him. And that's where we need to view our, our children. Bless them. Be a blessing to them. Sometimes we can't reach out and touch them. They may be miles away. I'm talking about when they're grown now. But we can call them from time to time. I do this with my kids once in a while. They're in their 40s. you all ever get that? Everybody understand that? If you don't get nothing else, you know how old my kids are. I did this one time <laughs> coming up i 535. Just kind of went through. Went, how long has it been since I talked to them? I hadn't in a long time. We'd been going different directions. They had. So I called each one of them. How you doing? Talk to them. What's going on in your life? What's you know, every, all these little things. And then I spoke to them and I said things like, uh, "I want you to know how meaningful you've been to my life and how you've enriched Mom and I's life." And I want you to know, if I was there, I'd give you the biggest hug and I'd just love the daylights out of you. And you know, I had to say it a little differently with David, but you know, I did every one of them that way and expanded. You know what they did? They all got together and said, what's the matter with Daddy? Has is, is he got cancer or something? Is he dying or what's going on? I do it a lot more now. And uh, they don't get together and have these conference calls after that. When it first happened, that's what I would do. Or what, what happened as a result. Be a blessing to your children and bless them. In Numbers chapter uh, 6 and verse 22, this is speaking about what the priests were to do in their work, in their service. and uh, Speaking to Aaron and to his son, saying, On this wise shall you bless the children of Israel, saying, You don't know what to say? Can you think of a better one than this? The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make His face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. And the Lord lift up His countenance upon thee and give you peace. Put it in your own words. Can you think of anything better to hear? from somebody that loves you and you love and that? And they shall shall put my name upon the children of Israel, and I will bless them. As long as that was done, God, in a very physical and direct way, did just that. Here's what we studied today, kind of this morning, kind of ragged, probably this afternoon too. What godly parents should remember, okay? Number one, children are a gift from God. Treat them that way. People give me something. People give me something. Like this pocket knife I pulled out this morning. It's a gift. And I honor it. If somebody wants to borrow it, I remember. I don't want to lose this. This was a gift from someone. Children are a gift from God. Treat them with respect that they deserve. Parents are to teach their children. Parents are to be consistent uh, in that. We'll talk maybe more about that on the fifth Sunday. Uh, parents should nurture in the way of the Lord should be a good example to discipline their children. And again, I didn't focus on that as much as I could have or maybe should have. But you have to find some kind of discipline that that the child knows they've been disciplined, whatever that is, that it will work to help correct the problem that's going on uh, and treat them as individuals we talked about tonight. Bless them and be a blessing for them. Study yours, and uh, I hope we've said some things today that have been helpful in some way for you in regards to our families. And again, as we close the service, we want to give you an opportunity to embrace the Lord and obey Him, obey the gospel. If you haven't done that, we always, church stands ready to help anyone that's not a Christian to become one. If you want to do that today, do it this afternoon. Or if you're here and you need prayer for some need in your life, If there's a problem or difficulty that you have, church can help you with, come forward while we stand and sing the song selected.